It's our Saturday night tonight. It's the 13th of May. It's our first uh, taste of the summer. I think it got into the mid-90s today. It's often a, <clears throat> a note of conversation for people, the weather, and what it's like here, what it's like there, how it's changed, how it's different. Uh, I wish it was cooler, I wish it was warmer. So that's, um, that's often the sense that we have around our bodies and how we feel in our bodies and that consistent looking for comfort and what's pleasant. And I was, uh, usually we have some more uh, air circulation, it can be a bit cooler in this hall, but it, uh, our, our system's broken right now and and to a certain degree there's you know, that's, it answers more the, the sense that we have, this is dukkha. There is a sense that there is this discomfort or the sense of dis-ease. And, you know, we feel that, but we, we don't want it. You know, we want it to be different. Which is the, what dukkha is always telling us. You know, if it was just some other way. And so the, the, confusion that we're, we're often experiencing with this is around our own bodies and we feel this is my body, this is how, uh, how I live, how I want things to be, how I touch things, how I experience things and it's always me and mine, mine and this, um, this body being very much a visceral sense of who and what I believe myself to be. And so as the you know, as the, the Buddha was teaching us, this is the, pretty much the, the essence of his teaching. It's around, it's around this self that we continue to carry around, this belief in this permanent being, and it's very much tied into, into our bodies. So when we're, you know, when, when the Buddha is talking about the five khandhas, you know, he talks about form, contact and feeling, uh, like unpleasant, pleasant feeling, um, or um, neutral feeling, or he talks about the perception we have, so that's like our, our picking up of what's actually happening, <clears throat> of what our senses are picking up. Which is interesting that, uh, you know, that there's the, it's not necessarily linear, but, but what's stated first is that there's, you know, there is this pleasant and unpleasant uh, that comes first before perception. And then we kind of create a whole world around that. That's our mental formations, the sankharas. And the, the consciousness of that, sense consciousness, are, is the knowing quality. The fact that something is known, cognized, understood. But all of that revolves around me and mine. Each one of those experiences that we pick up, um, we tie uh, a sense of who and what I am to that. 
So for example, when you're closing your eyes, you know, where do you sense me? You know, where does that where is that sense? Where do you feel me? Where do you feel yourself? This this kind of sense of what I am. Because when we when we get close to something like a, a flame or a fire, we you know we pull away from that. And it's oh I burn myself. And we're very much tied to that, that experience. My finger has been burned or whatever it is. And when we're meditating that that experience comes up, at least for myself, quite often. We're just experiencing our own body. And and then we we get sort of this visceral sense of it, and then we can move up into our heads and our thoughts. And our thoughts again are attributed to who and what I am. And then we notice the body again. But where is that I that's noticing? And for a lot of people, um, not all people, but I've uh, spoken to a lot, and this seems to be a fairly consistent sense for some people, is that there's this, there's this feeling of I right be- behind the eyes. Who and what I am, what's noticing, is behind the eyes. I think for me that the reason for that, it might not be your experience, but the reason for that is because the visual sense is so strong. And so because it's so strong for, for many of us, we're constantly seeing, constantly looking, then those muscles in our eyes are, are working all of the time. And so I, I, I tend to think that's where this is, this um, overwhelming sense of the, of the visual field uh, has this feeling for me of this sense of I, me and mine. I'm looking at my knee. So when I'm meditating, often I have, I can notice that the muscles in my eyes are actually, my eyes turn down if I feel a, a pain in what I sense to be my knee. You know, my right knee is in pain. There's just a subtle movement of that. And then I can ask, oh, there's, this, there's a strong feeling of I behind that. Now again, this might not be your experience, there might be something else, but it's interesting to ask yourself, where do you feel this sense of me and my? Where is that in your body? How do you experience that yourself? Is it spread through the whole body? Is it an entire experience of who I am? Is it a particular place? Because this is going to help you in kind of understanding uh, the practice and understanding what the Buddha is teaching, it's like, well, where does this I come up? Where is, where is the felt sense of me and mine? In Pali, this is ahankara, mamankara. This is the I-making and mind-making. And so the Buddha is, is consistently teaching us uh, in many of the the meditation objects we have to come back to the body. And in fact, he says that one cannot uh, be realized, one cannot experience um, awakening without having at least spent some time with, um, in terms of the satipatthana, the, the first tetrad, the body, our experience of the body. 
So this is uh, a meditation that the Buddha talks about as, as having a very important aspect for us. And in fact, the, the second tetrad is, is similar in a way. He separates that out, but that's on feeling. But in the first tetrad, we're really witnessing the body, so the Buddha separates that in many ways. And, you know, that might be on the elements. And we talk about fire, air, water, earth. And those are, those are ancient ways of referring to elements. But when we think about it in terms of the body, it's just very basic. It, it uh, corresponds very much to most of the experiences that we're having. When we talk about the earth, that's just the quality of, of contact, heaviness, uh, a sense of like how we feel our bodies, that, that sort of very earthy quality of it. Um, the weight, the contact we have with, uh, within our body. Or we have a sense of air, air, the air or wind element is more like the movement. You hear your, your heart beating or you feel your heart beating or um, you just have a lot of the, the air moving in and out of your, your lungs or the movement of your muscles twitching or moving or whatever it might be. There's that sense of an energetic flow within the body. And fire is kind of obvious if you are feeling it right now. It's just that sense of heat and the opposite of that, coolness. And then water is that, uh, that sense of liquidity, this flowing sense that we have within our own body or in the, the liquid sense. So these are all, again, experiences. They're not, they're not up in our heads. They're not kind of a sense of, of our thinking about these things. They're very much felt within the body. And over and over again, this is where we're, we're really searching for this, this sense of how we create uh, meaning behind who and what I am around this. So like if, if somebody touches us and we don't want to be touched, I mean, don't touch my body. Or if we're, you know, we're stung by a bee or something, this is an unwanted contact, unpleasant feeling. So it's, I mean, it's obvious I don't, I don't get stung by a bee and then I say, oh, Ajahn Sadiro is feeling pain now in his finger, because it's my body. But it's how much we really cling to that my, my-ness. And we worry about it and we are concerned with it and most of us can see this with our concern around our own health. So we might have some anomaly we're feeling in our body that's as an anomaly, it's different. It's like, where, what is this? I have some sort of pain or, or something. And then for some of us it might be, oh my God, is it cancer? Maybe I'm dying. And then it goes away. And we might go to a doctor for that too. And it's, oh, I have to figure this out. Something's wrong. And sometimes I think, you know, a lot of doctors are worth, you know, they, they, 
they're used to this kind of thing. And they're just, oh, you know, they'll kind of figure it out. They, they do try to put some time into it, but then sometimes, no, I don't think anything's wrong there. It doesn't correspond to anything I've ever seen. Well, what about cancer? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily cancer. It's just a unpleasant feeling. If it keeps, if it keeps continuing on, then just come back and talk to me and we'll, we'll figure it out. And I'm sure a lot of those people just don't see the doctor again because it passes away. That feeling, that, that unpleasantness. And so we're often, we're often searching for meaning around that, our health, what it means, what's wrong. And I remember talking to Lumpur once, he, was, he had a cold. And I, I said, oh, you have a cold right now. How did you, how did you get that? And he, <laughs> Lumpur um, can often be quite direct. He said, I was born. Oh, oh uh, right. Right. Because for me, it was, I was coming from a, a sense of like, well, what? you must have gotten it from somewhere. Nobody else is sick. You haven't been out. So I'm trying to figure it out. How did you get ill? Um, and it's just like, well, that's what it is. Bodies get ill. I mean, sure, he got it from someone. That's how colds or flus occur. But um, we just all get them. And uh, it's because we were born. It is the, the complete natural aspect of, um, of who and what we are, is that we, we get sick and we age uh, and we, we experience death. But that's all wrong, isn't it? It's not supposed to happen. That's surely what, what often comes up when our bodies get sick. It's like, I'm going to get over this soon, be feeling back to normal, uh, just within a few days. And often when we're sick, the whole world just kind of completely comes into that. We, we, we almost enter like a womb again of just being like completely encased with this, this sense of being sick and that it's going to end soon. We're going to get over it. We're going to feel better. But maybe I'm not going to feel better. Maybe it's just going to stay this way for a very long time, or I'm going to die with this. We don't know, but that's the, that's the fear we often have. Am I stuck? How long is this going to take? And so it's, it's really an illusion. Uh, we, we keep thinking about this, our bodies as, uh, as, as this not being the correct way that they're supposed to be. But getting sick is exactly exactly what it is. It's, it's right. This is what our bodies were. Um, and we've gone through evolution in this way of just getting sick and then getting better, sometimes not getting better, sometimes dying. And the problem is, is because we're attributing our body so much to this personal feeling of who and what I am, then it becomes wrong. It becomes unnatural. And we become obsessed with our, our health and um, our well-being and uh, around our bodies. And uh, we, we often just think it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a negative feeling. I shouldn't feel anything unpleasant. And surely, like, I mean, the weather is just something so amazing to work around because you, you just, there, we're always getting, having some sense of, of needing to work with this, 
the unpleasantness of our very experience of just being touched by our environment. In fact, that's one of the, the main ways the Buddha says is there's uh, seven, seven reasons that he says that uh, um, are, not, are not based on kama. He's, he's talking about like experiencing pleasant or unpleasant feeling and, and weather is one of them. Say the experience of the, just the, the changing conditions. So we might want to say, oh, that's my bad kama. And the Buddha would say, no, it's just the weather. Really, don't worry about it. Don't make it so much about me and mine and, and complicate things. And so as I'm talking about this, it, all of this is so very obvious to us, but how, how often are we working with it day after day, moment after moment, working with our own bodies, feeling that... Um, our reactions and, and what's going on with us, it's always this, 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 this experience that we're having, walking around within this body. And we're in these postures and, and it's just, I'm getting up now, I'm lying down. And so our, our practice and, and what we're consistently trying to do is to break that apart. And as I mentioned with something like the elements practice, it's really uh, rather than saying, I'm hot or I'm feeling hot, it's just, no, this is, this is the element of fire. There is heat. And so, the more that we can experience this and we create a habit around it within our own experience, then we, we can touch into great peace and calm because it's that obsession with what I am, you know, this body of mind that I'm constantly trying to protect and um, create as much pleasant feeling as I can around that's causing so much dukkha because, I mean, it's really uh, ironic, you know, how often we're trying to make things so good for our bodily experience and that over and over again we're just shown, well, it doesn't work. You know, you, you can only get things to, to be good for so long before then there's an unpleasant experience. And that's usually happening minute by minute we're going through these pleasant and unpleasant experiences. And so we're, you know, we're in a sense realm, we're, we're feeling, uh, we're in a, a feeling realm and we can be quite sensitive. So just if somebody says the wrong thing that all of a sudden it's like the armor we put on, we can feel that in our bodies. We put on this armor of protection. I have to protect this body from this other person who's offended me and there's, there's sort of nothing no, more visceral than like being embarrassed by another person who says something to you in front of a group of people. And it's just like, it's just this palpable, like strong, such a strong feeling of needing to protect oneself. Well, if you're able to work with that habitually, then it can come to a point where it doesn't affect you. because that sense of me and mine has been let go of. And it doesn't mean that you might have the habit of 
feeling an unpleasantness around that, but you, you might have developed another habit of not reacting to it, just maintaining your equanimity around a very unpleasant feeling. One of the things that I like to reflect on a lot uh, is when I am experiencing something difficult is just to say to myself, well, an arahant would not react. An arahant would not have that kind of uh, reaction around protection or, or clinging to self or having my view or having my kind of, you know, I can't believe he said that, uh, whatever it is. That's not the go-to. The go-to is, again, ironically, it's the body that's the source of our peace because we, we tend to then come into the body and realize all it is is just an unpleasant feeling. All it is is just you know, a rush of, of, of clenching and, and uh, you know, there, there are these muscles moving and, and working and um, we might feel endorphins, we might feel all kinds of things in the body that are going on, but if we're, if we're just a witness of that, then there doesn't have to be this sense of protection around my own reactions and being offended and feeling you know, upset and, and wanting the world to, to not have experiences like that. One of Ajahn's, uh, Ajahn Chah's teachers was talking about how he, uh, as a monk, was uh, kind of said something. He was, he was walking on arms round, and uh, there was a, a person uh, who, who was out on arms round, and um, it was a custom for each house to, to give some, some rice to the, the monks. And as he walked by this house, he noticed that this man who, who lived in the house, uh, he wasn't giving. And he mentioned that to him one day uh, as a teaching. And wow, this, this, uh, this man took it very seriously. <laughs> and he started yelling at this monk. And his reaction just within his own mind was to say, this is the Dhamma that has arisen. arisen. The Dhamma has arisen now. Rather than, there's something wrong with this man who's yelling at me, this shouldn't be happening. It's just, just this is the teaching of the Buddha. There is dukkha. There is the experience of, of desire not to experience dukkha. This is the cause of dukkha. I don't, I don't like this, I don't want this. I want it to be different. And so it's constantly teaching us that. Our, our bodies are constantly teaching us this over and over again. The Dhamma has arisen. And so each moment we have an opportunity to practice in that way. No matter how difficult it is, the habit is, it shouldn't be this way, it should be different. But over and over we just, we just keep seeing clearly, no, this is correct, this is how it is. The reactions that are occurring right now and then my belief that it's all about me and my body and needing to protect it, this is all the Dhamma. This is everything I need to study right here and right now. 
And so when we remind ourselves of that and we were able to calmly reflect on that very carefully, then we don't experience that sense of me and mine so strongly. It starts to dissipate because we no longer take things so personally. And in fact, it can come with humor sometimes. Because when we've witnessed our own habits, we've witnessed our own ways that we tend to be, then we come back to a sense of, actually, it's okay. You know, it's okay that there's this unpleasantness. It's okay that there's a feeling of wanting to run away, uh, a feeling of needing to hide. And then we don't run away. And we see that that experience is, um, there's something very pleasant about it because we're not running away anymore. We're, we're actually building confidence in our ability just to, to listen to ourselves. To witness what, what's happening. And that, as I said, as I said, it can sometimes turn comical because we get to know our own tendencies, our own reactions, our habits. And then, say, oh, there he goes again. There goes Chinda. And it's not, it's just not, the personal is not there. We just see it as habits of our own mind. And so rather than buying into the thoughts, because we can't control them, um, we, just, we just allow them to be present and then use our sense of coming back to the body, coming back to our experience of the body, to seeing that the Dhamma has arisen there, and to be able to let go. And for all of us, you know, we've, we've had at least some experience of that, that letting go. And I was talking to um, Luke and Emily Fry, who just lost their son, and, and reminding them, you know, there, there are some times when you, when you wake up in the morning and just that sense of me and my is starting to coalesce, starting to, you know, there's a couple of seconds before, and... And in that moment, there's a forgetting about all of these problems that we have, all of this sadness, trauma, difficulty, pain. And then it all comes back. You know, it comes back. So, and, and, and we just completely can get absorbed into it. Our own sadness, our own anger, our own fears. But for a moment, we've touched into, because the memory is not there, we're not reminded of that, our sense of who we are hasn't, hasn't, it hasn't coalesced yet. Our sense of, of clinging around me and mine and my problems and what I have and what I have to think about, my memories. And so even in that moment, we can use that moment to remember that throughout the day. And Oh, I remember how that felt. Just those few seconds before everything came back. Before pain and agony, fear, sadness, anger. Whatever it is, and I'm, I'm just listing negative stuff because often the, that's what comes up. That's where our suffering is often around. And I, I attribute this similarly to if you've ever had a, a difficult experience with another person, like you've been in a really nasty argument with them or there's been something quite painful. And again, you like, that's what I find is a bit comedic, is waking up and just, you know, that's not there. Or if, if there is an ability to catch the breath or to to be with our, our own sense of 
quiet and calm coming back to the body in that moment. It's just all that's gone for just, just a few seconds. And when it comes flooding back in, it's like, what is that about, you know? That's just my whole story. And we just, oh, I forgot. And he said that. I can't believe he said that to me. What? I, oh, my God. And then I just, we just go into those stories and we stay there. We stay stuck. When we actually have that moment of peace, that moment of me, mine, myself, how I think, how I feel, my views, all of it is gone for just a few seconds. And how easy it is to just pick it up and just grasp and clutch and attach ourselves. Because we, you know, we often do love our own uh, anger and our, our own justifications, our views. And so that's, you know, it's just a, a place of practice to, to work with uh, when you do have that. And it's not, it's, it's, it's something to, to be careful with and to, to use in your own practice when you notice these times when there's that, that self dropping away. And so when we're, when we're sitting here meditating, that's often the, what can come up for us because we're just watching our breath. We're watching an experience we're having in the body. And there's just those, those moments when all of that thinking and that sense of um, fear around who, you know, what, what's going to happen, what my future is going to be, and this person shouldn't have said that to me, or I should have said that to them, or whatever it is, um, or our, our desire for something, you know, our, our, our greed and desire around a particular thing, or just being confused. For a moment, it just drops away all of that. And when it doesn't drop away, it's just because that habit's not there. And so as long as we keep coming back, we have faith in coming back to our own bodies and our, our just experiencing our own bodies as they are, not adding complication. And we develop that habit more and more, and that sense of, of self just becomes more distant, and we start to enjoy and uh, really build the tendency towards staying with our own experiences of our, our bodies. We get comfortable in our bodies, we get comfortable with the difficulties we experience in them, or even the joys, whatever it is. That's where our, our habit starts to move to, and more and more, that's where our trust begins to form. If I just keep turning towards the breath, and let go of this very visceral sense of, I, I, it has to be about me, this is my breath. And we just let, keep letting go of that consistently and trusting in that awareness that we can have. Then all of that sense of self, it all just becomes quite meaningless. And over time, it just drops away. And we can't control our thoughts, we can't just say stop thinking, but we can know, we can know that they're, they're just illusions. They're just ghosts in the machine. And we can laugh at them, we can see through them, and, and trust within this, this awareness of just coming back again and again 
our breath, to our experience of the body, these elements. And knowing that when you know, we do experience worry or fear or um, greed or anger, it's just, it's quite natural. It's just that flowing element within the body over and over again, just moving through all of these emotional experiences and trusting that we can, we can know more and have more intuition arise, know what the right thing is to do consistently if we, if we trust within uh, watching all these experiences rather than moving into them as my experiences who and what I am, how I believe, my concerns. So those are uh, just some reflections tonight. And uh, if there's anything that's been useful, please um, reflect on that and take it with you. And otherwise, if there's other things that have not been so useful, just feel free to leave them behind. You won't.